Welcome to episode 83 of the Luke Winstall Show. Today's guest is Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive lineman who will be playing in the Super Bowl against Kansas City this Sunday, Ted Larson. Ted, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Well, after you were waived by the Patriots, you signed with your hometown team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can you take me through your time and your years playing there back at your hometown squad? Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I, I hate to say I was a little down, but, you know, you get cut by a team and it's kind of a weird thing because you're used to being on, in college, you're used to being on a team. So I got cut and I was like, oh, am I never going to play football again? And then in the matter of, you know, 12 hours, you're like, okay, well, I could be back on a team's practice squad. And then 24 hours later, after you clear waivers, you know, see teams uh, submitted claims on you. And there are a couple teams that submitted claims, but the Bucks got the priority because they were the, one of the worst teams in the league the year before. So going back home, that was like a total mind sh- mindset shift for me. You know, I was going somewhere I was comfortable. You know, my family was still there. So the transition was easy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that completely changed my outlook on stuff. I mean, that's, that's kind of a dream. You know, I, I'd really wanted to go to a school like growing up in Florida, like Florida State or University of Florida and, and play in your home state. So I didn't get to do that, but I did get the chance to play for that hometown NFL team for four years, which was pretty cool. Do you have a favorite moment or a favorite play from your time in Tampa Bay that sticks out to you and you reflect back on that time? I mean, sure. That was, I mean, it, it was a long time ago, but if I think back, my rookie year was a lot of fun. We were 10 and six and it was a lot of young guys playing on that team. Uh, and we had some success. We didn't go to the playoffs at 10 and six, but we had a, we had a good team and, and Laguerre Blunt, another guy that like me came in on waivers that year he rushed for a thousand yards uh kind of to cap that off we beat the saints the saints ended up going to the playoffs and then losing to uh seattle it was the that marshall lynch play oh, uh, yep. you know where yeah so uh just i mean just that year knowing what we accomplished as, as young players was fun and then after that there was kind of a lot of turmoil as far as new coaches coaching staffs but but just that offensive line that i played with a lot of those guys I'm still friends with and, and still have good relationships with. So really the, the relationships I got from Tampa and are kind of what, I, what I've carried out of there. Well, I heard you bought a boat with your signing bonus. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I'd always wanted to have a boat and always wanted to have my own boat. So for me, that was something going back to Florida. It was like, oh, okay, well let's do this. You know? So I, I got a boat and, I realized how much I didn't know about a owning a boat, b uh, like taking care of a boat. So actually, like I, I never got the boat registered. I didn't even know where the title was, and uh, yeah, like so we. This was like for, for for a while. Like I didn't have it registered. And we actually, you know, I got pulled over by the Coast Guard, and they're like, "Where's your registration? And where's your?" title like where's the eyes like i don't have any of this i don't even know what you're talking about and and so we were playing in london in 2011 and my i think i had the boat registered at my parents house and they got a letter from like department of homeland security and there was some kind of like a court case like the united states versus ted larson and so they're freaking out and then my dad brings this thing over to my 
wife who was my girlfriend at the time and she was still in here i was over in england playing for the week and she's like freaking out they're both freaking out uh yeah needless to say um a lot i i've since owned a couple other boats but i've i've learned there's a lot that goes into owning boats and taking care of them and, and being a responsible boater Awesome. Well, you mentioned playing over in England. Was that one of the NFL England games? Yeah, that was 2011. We played the Chicago Bears at Wembley Stadium. And we spent a week over there. I think it was, we were at like one of the uh, the England National Rugby Training Centers uh, for a couple of days. And then we went into the city so that was a cool experience since then though i've had a couple opportunities to play i was in miami and i was actually on we were supposed to play in london but i was on ir so i didn't make that trip and then last year in chicago i actually got hurt the week before we went to london so i've missed a couple london trips but uh, i don't feel like i've missed out too much because those trips can be kind of brutal you know it's teams leave thursday they get there friday morning and a lot of jet lag, jet lag uh, associated with those things. I was going to ask you from a player's perspective, are you in favor of those types of games being a part of the schedule? Would you ever want to see more of them? What are your thoughts? I think it depends how you, how you do them. I mean, so when I when 2011 we went there, we spent a full week there, so you, you fully get on that time zone. And we had a bye week after that game because to kind of – Reacclimate to uh, East Coast time. So I mean, if you do it a full week, you know guys are going to want to see England or see London, and so you give them that week to to adjust to the time zone and to spend some time there. I think it may work out a little better, but a lot of teams go there for a few days and they're like it's a business trip. Like we're not, we're just here to play, and there's a lot of adjustment with the time zone. So I mean, both ways have worked, and both ways haven't worked. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of sports scientists that are involved that say, oh, it's better if you just go over for two days and you sleep on the plane. But I don't know, sleeping on a plane is not the easiest thing to do to get a restful night's sleep. Right. So, I mean, it's up in there. you got to trust the professionals that are the sports scientists and, and recommend things. But, um, like I said, I think a full week over there might be a little better. Well, after your time in Tampa Bay, you went and played with Arizona, had a couple of really successful seasons in those two years, the team was a combined 24-8 and eight playing under head coach Bruce Arians. How would you sum up your time there with the Arizona organization? Arizona was great. You know, to, <clears throat> I had a, an opportunity to, to leave, uh, you know, where I'd grown up, and I think we were ready for that. I mean, it was my fiancé at the time. We, we were ready to <clears throat> kind of spread our wings and and move away from the family and we did that we bought a house out in arizona and we've actually we spend every off season in, in arizona in the same house so it was a good move but we had for me it was it was cool to to go to a new team to go to the playoffs we went to playoffs two years i'd never been to the playoffs and to win a bunch of games with a bunch of good players and and learn a new learn a new scheme uh acclimate to a new team and it, and, it, and it helped me kind of in my career because I've, I've kind of gone from team to team and that was my first experience joining a new team and, and trying to fit in and the faster you can do that the, the easier the transition will be 
Most definitely. I'm wondering, in your time during the playoff run when you made it to the conference championship, did you have a favorite memory there, something that you'll really remember playing NFL playoff football? Sure, yeah. So that that year we had a bye week because we, we, we won the NFC West and we got that first round bye. And then the next week we played the Packers at home in Phoenix. And we, we were playing pretty well. I think we were up like two touchdowns. And with Aaron Rodgers, you obviously can never count that guy out. And he had just like two 50-yard Hail Marys like from like his end zone to the 50 and then from the 50 to scoring a touchdown. And, and they took the game to overtime. And so what we did was <clears throat> we had a play where Carson scrambled out, almost got sacked, and threw the ball. Larry Fitzgerald made like a tremendous play and took it down to the, the five-yard line. And then we won on a little uh, – trick play to Larry uh, kind of he, he pulled he pulled and they kind of just shot, threw the ball to him real quick and he, and he scored I was playing right guard and uh, you know I had to I had like I think it was BJ Raji I had to block down on him and he saw Larry coming around so I kind of redirected on him and, and Larry kind of just walked in right right behind me so it was good that I didn't mess up on such a crucial play uh but yeah, I mean that's an unbelievable effort by Larry on on both those plays, and it shows you know why he's oh, that Hall of Fame caliber player. So to win the game in overtime, a game like that, I mean that's a tremendous feeling. That I mean to, to kind of have one of those walk off type plays that you see in baseball, to have that in football is, is a pretty special memory, and 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 that was kind of the peak of the playoff thing for me because the next week we went to Charlotte. Uh, and it didn't end too well. I say that that's one of several really memorable plays you've made. Another one that a lot of people have been talking about in the past couple of years is that 2018 Miami Miracle where you were downfield about 40 yards blocking to make that play happen. Can you take me through that play from your perspective? I mean, that was another play, like you talk about these walk-off type plays, kind of where you just... You know, I mean, maybe you're like, okay, like we can do this, but I'm sure in the stands, people are like, oh, uh, like how many times do you see a game end and the people are lateraling the ball. And so we went, we practiced that play a lot on different teams. And they're always like, get down and block or get down and at least they can throw you the ball. I'm thinking, like, if I run down there, maybe they'll lateral me the ball. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, Ryan made the throw, and then and then a couple guys lateraled it, and then yeah, I just went down there and and kind of lined up where I had a, a good shot on a block, and Kenyon Drake made you know unbelievable effort to go down there and score. That was a wild play. I mean, you just don't you don't think that you know you have one shot, you have like seven seconds on your own like twenty or thirty that you don't think you're going to score. So when you end up scoring, that's a pretty unbelievable way to end the game. Yeah, most definitely. I remember after the game, the ball from that play sold for like $18,000, and it was a huge win for Miami over the Patriots, of course. I'm wondering, what are you passionate about outside of football? What kinds of things do you pursue in your free time or in the offseason? It's kind of a year-to-year thing with me. You know, I, When I was in Florida, I mean, I guess I had two stints in Florida. I was really into fishing. You know, I, really into shallow water sight fishing 
if I can with a fly rod. Uh, I mean, if I could have one fish I could fish only, it would be tarpon on the fly rod. But any, any kind of saltwater fishing for me is something I really enjoyed doing when I was in Florida. Uh, when I got to Arizona, I actually got my pilot's license. So that was something I was doing for a little while until I had kids and the kids kind of took uh, took my priorities away from flying uh, for the moment. I think I'll be back and, and start flying a little bit more once the kids get a little bit older. But in this past year, I've actually kind of started to, to think about the transition out of football. And if I can facilitate that by having a plan, I've, I've, I've tried to do that. So I graduated in 2009 from NC State with a history degree, and I was a, about a semester away, a little over a semester away from an economics degree. So I've actually started to take some online classes to finish that up this year. So I've been busy kind of last season, <coughs> uh, and then this, this spring I've been busy taking online classes, trying to wrap that up uh, by the end of the year. So also, truthfully, it boosts my GPA, because my GPA when I was playing football in college wasn't the best so trying to boost my gpa and and then look at applying to uh go to grad school when i'm done playing i'm curious why'd you end up getting your pilot's license i don't know many nfl players that are currently playing in the league that have gotten a pilot's license so what was your motivation to do that Uh, i'd say there's a there's a couple different things that that kind of led to that i you know I, i grew up in florida and i'd always you know you, you there's a lot of uh, private aviation like that you'd see guys flying around and <clears throat> I always thought it would be cool to fly you know to the Bahamas or around the Florida Keys so when I got the chance in Arizona to fly uh, I was like this is a great place to train there's perfect weather you can always fly and from Phoenix you know there's LA is maybe an hour away Las Vegas is 45 minutes away so there's a lot of stuff you can fly and see and I just I thought it would. I thought it would have a lot of utility having that ability to fly, and I've, I really enjoyed it. I picked it up fairly quickly, and like I said, I had had kids, so I kind of had to put it away quickly. But having that skill, it's something fun for me. There's different aspects to it, as far as the responsibility level, with a little bit of math, a little bit of physics, and then kind of you know just like driving the boat. It's something you can kind of go out and do on your own, and and I kind of love that feeling. Awesome. Well, Ted, that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Luke Winstall Show. Please be sure to follow on social media at Luke Winstall Show and share it with all your friends. That concludes this episode, but I'll see you back next week with another great guest. <laughs>